is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me Podcast. Hi, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode on the Eating Me Podcast. This is going to be an amazing conversation. We have um, genuinely Maria. She is a wild fit coach. And let me tell you a little bit more about her. So Maria is a unique type of leader who subtly yet powerfully influences others by modeling. She is the author of Breaking into the Light, a journey of self-discovery and transformation, which she wrote after a tragic situation that turned her life upside down. After a recovery that lasted years, she discovered a food methodology that works and today passionately coaches Wild Fit to help others in their own transformation by sharing with them how to reset their relationship with food and thereby dramatically change their life experience. I am so excited about this conversation, but everyone, please, please welcome Genuinely Maria. How are you today? Good, Alicia. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, you are so, so welcome. And I have to just, I keep saying, I'm sorry, but we, we've been having, or I've been having issues. I can't say, Maria's been amazing and flexible with her schedule. My schedule has been a little while. So I just, I'm so grateful for this time with you. So thank you so much again. You're welcome. Awesome. So, I mean, I read your bio, but I, if you can't just give people just another like backstory as to how you got to the wild fit, um, idea of coaching and even just the backstory about, you know, the, the, um, situation with you, um, with your health and everything. Okay. So when I found wild fit, I was 40, I was about 40 years old. Uh And one day I was just looking something up on the internet and I saw an ad with the founder and I thought to myself, Hmm, that sounds pretty interesting. And it was the topic that I really liked. Nutrition was sort of a health buff, but for some reason, I was drawn to the information. Although I didn't think anything in me would change or it could change. So, what happened to me was when I was 25 years old, out of nowhere, I had a massive, massive stroke, right? And it left me paralyzed from the eyes down, which means I was also mute. So after maybe close to 10 years recovering, I was done. I was at about 70 or 75% better, which I was kind of happy with because I had been dead, Alicia. So to me, that was good enough, right? And after doing the program, things in me actually got better. Things in me changed. And I liked it so, so much. I thought, oh my God, I found the Holy Grail. I found the Holy Grail. I have to show this to people. So right. I became a coach. That's amazing. So I, I, we kind of like pushed right into wildlife, but I do want you to talk about just that experience and like how long it took you to recover, not even before wildlife, but in the midst of you having the stroke and then that recovery process, how long did that take for you to recover? I would say the better part of eight years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I began to move, I began moving my index finger about a centimeter. Wow. On my right hand. That's how slow it was. Wow. 
And so with that progression of you, you know, recovering in that time frame, do you feel like the diet that you had at that time, or were you even aware that your diet was something that could potentially be affecting your health at all? Not at all. Mm. Not at all. Because we all think the same thing, food is food. And yes, some right. people eat a little bit healthier than others, but it's not that big a deal. But wow, I didn't realize what big of a deal it is. Right. It's everything. And it's, it's so funny, like how, because we shared at one point when we, the first time we spoke, I shared with you that I have multiple sclerosis. Um, and with my MS, I, I was actually guided to um, what's called um, a medical missionary. And this person helped me kind of like navigate what that looks like in terms of actually eating things that will help me with my neurological issues. I did not correlate that. It's so cool that we're both, we have both dealt with something neurological and know that food can be the, 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 I guess like the catalyst between, you know, you actually progressing or just kind of like maintaining a situation. Um, how long did it take for you? Because I know for me, I was really ill, right? So when it when I transitioned into eating more plant-based, it wasn't hard for me because I was so sick that even eating was just like, whatever, I don't even care what I'm eating. I, I guess I'll eat. So that transition wasn't hard for me. Was you transitioning into eating more like, uh, and you can talk more about like the wildlife um, actual eating um I, I guess program what that looks like, but was it was there a hard transition for you to do that or at all? At all or not at all. Um, I was eating what I thought relatively healthy, so yeah. it wasn't too too difficult. I will say one thing: I was a pescatarian mm. for maybe ten years, and then I went full blown vegetarian about a year prior to doing the welfare program, and then when I did the welfare program. I began to eat meat again. Mm. So, oh, so with Wild Fit, you are eating meat as well. You don't have to. Right. That's up to you. Oh, okay. So that's really cool too, because it's like people could it, I obviously think like, oh, it's all plants, right? It's not just me potentially, you know, still having meat um, in my diet. So you you can customize it based off you know, how, how you're eating now? Is that how it goes? If you're a vegetarian, I mean, some people do it for ideological reasons. So they continue to do that. I wasn't doing it ideologically. I was doing it more for health. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the human body, homo sapiens, actually needs animal protein. Mm. And is there, um, with the animal protein, is there um, a certain amount that should be consumed daily or anything like that? Is, or is it just kind of like individually based? Oh, we don't get into like grams and stuff. Okay. That's very, that's very diet industry. The diet industry has us brainwashed. And right. And, oh, think in terms of grams and portions and. But it's not like that. It's more like, I mean, back when our sisters were roaming the African deserts, uh -huh. there were times when hunting was good 
right. their times of hunting wasn't that good. So depending on the seasons, you're eating more or less meat. Mm. And so, so this is interesting. So with wild fit, do you, is it something where you should follow the seasons in terms of eating? Yeah, so we have seasons. We follow seasons, but it's not based on the seasons where you live. It's right. more based on the seasons in Africa and mm. what your goals are. Like if your goals are to maintain, you would do one season as the base and play with the other seasons. Whereas if you have a goal of releasing weight or you have a goal of treating an ilk or taking care of yourself because you want to get better from an illness, mm -hmm. then you would use a certain other season as your base and play with the other ones in and out. That is so interesting. I didn't realize that the program was centered around season, seasons. And we were actually, we were talking earlier before we hit record about seasons in general and like how sugar, right, is something that seasonally can be kind of like consumed and then it should phase out. So, you know, and it's funny because that's now I kind of want to bring that up again because it's, that's something I know I struggle with when it comes to like just sugar consumption. I love sugar. And so I'm assuming the winter months would be the time for sugar or no? Winter, actually fall would be the time for um, sugars because that's when you're fattening up for the winter season. Okay. And the winter season was a season of mostly famine. It was either feast or famine. Wow. In the winter, didn't have good hunting. It didn't have good foraging. So, okay, this is so fascinating. I just—it's weird, not weird, but it's—it's just—it's kind of like coming full circle. Because when I was a child, I remember my mom. We would eat certain things at certain times of the year because that's how she grew up. And now we have we're we have access to basically anything at any time. Mm -hmm. Is that a hindrance to us? So say like we're eating avocados in the winter or whatever that looks, you know, so like is, is that something we should should we try to focus more on seasonal eating? That's a huge hindrance. Huge. Mm. Because back in the day when our ancestors lived, when there was no more fruit on the trees. You had a look. You could be sad for a day or two and go, Ooh, I want fruit. <laughs> but it's not like you could go to the store and buy some because there were no stores. Right. Wow. It's so. But now we actually have to use willpower. Right. Exactly. So I guess also, too, when it comes to that, on, on a level of just like overall health, we should try to focus on seasonal eating as opposed to whatever I find at the, at the grocery store that's clearly out of season, but it's here, so I'm, I can eat it. No, yes, okay. Yeah, but it gets more uh, granular in that you know what's in each season. Mm -hmm. It's not like, um, I mean, a good way to, is, uh, to gauge it is what grows in your area and mm -hmm. what season, but it's, it gets more detailed right. that that is so wild i'm like shifting here and there because i'm just this this is like all so interesting to me but i kind of want to go back to 
like your your progress with going with eating with wild like that start that start with you with wild fit and you seeing the benefits of wild fit in your own life what did that look like like what were the first things that you were like oh my goodness this is this is working <laughs> yeah so the first couple of things it was yeah the things most people experience which is uh better sleep mm -hmm. better skin and nails my insides we're getting more youthful. And the reason I know that is because, and this might be a little too much information for your listeners, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over 40. And my period became strong like it was in my late 20s. Wow. That, so I was aging internally. That, that's Why? awesome. That is awesome. I mean, because, you know, even when it, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a nurse, I'm a nurse practitioner. So me talking about like menstrual cycles that I'm cool with that. So, and I think it's interesting to even talk about that because some people don't realize that your menstrual cycle complications of that, a lot of that can be due to what you're consuming, right? Yeah. Yep. It's, Absolutely. It's, and it's just fascinating. Just overall, our overall health can be at its peak or at, you know, the lowest point if we are, you know, just based off our food choices, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes such a huge impact. I didn't realize, and I think most people don't realize, just how much of an impact. But that was only the first few months, and I was more outspoken than I had been because I had always felt a little bit voiceless. But as time went on, I kept living off it. Then I really started to see the benefits, like, for one, I used to speak very Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> My voice was very breathy. Right. And one day, I was listening to a recording of me. And I thought, oh, my God, is that me? Do I sound like that? So I spoke to the person that actually made the recording. And I said, do you have, like, some special speaker or something that sounds extra good? And right. she's like... Well, I have a mic, but that's the way you sound. And I thought, oh, my God. So my voice actually is bass where it didn't before. And I believe that that was because my left vocal cord mm -hmm. was semi-paralyzed due to the stroke. Wow. And I believe that during this, it improved. That is amazing. And, you know, I will say even on, on the end of with me, like seeing the progression with me, because I'm, I'm typically just all plant based for the most part. But I had issues with my so both sides of my body. I had issues with my left side. I lost all um, well, fine. And well, I lost fine motor skills and my gross motor skills were a mess as well. And as I continued on with plant based eating and it, it was wild. Like every day I would get up and try to write, right? That was my thing. I'm left hand. So I would get up every day, you know, whatever. And as time went on and I, cause I was juicing initially and it was just, I was blown away at how just changing my diet allowed me to have, to get back like my, my motor skills. And then even my right side, I have a lot of sensory issues and sometimes I can't feel hot and cold and it's, getting better. It's, I'm, I'm in at such a better place. Like I couldn't even feel like if I touched something, I couldn't even feel that. 
So to even have like some sort of like ability to recognize like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's, it's, it's miraculous in my opinion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you start to realize what an impact food actually has on you, you're like, holy crap. Why don't we know this sooner? If I know what I know now about food, when I had the stroke, I could have got my recovery probably in half. Right. And I would have gotten much better results. Right. And, you know, I think too, it's like every, and, and maybe, I don't know, because what I have found, like when it comes to eating and making changes like this, sometimes if you're not ready to receive it, even though you might have the information, if you're not ready to receive it and actually take it on, sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, throwing, you know, things to the wind, you know? So it could have just been the thing, this was the time for you to receive it. Because even my, you know, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And to that end, while it is special, because we do a very deep foundational work of looking into your psychology about food. Mm. And that's the whole base of the program. And that's where other programs or diets fail. Even though this is not a diet, this is really a lifestyle. Right. Even though, that, but that's where other programs fail because the work we do regarding your psychology, it, it gets, it's so that you can't go back to the old way. Right. And, and that's something I also wanted to talk about because I, I spoke to someone else about just diet culture in general and how hard it is for, because what it's, We've been programmed, right? Like programmed in a way of thinking these fad diets are going to save our lives, even though, especially people like, I mean, I'm, I'm 44. So like I, it's, you constantly seeing Weight Watchers and Nutrisystem and all these different programs, the Atkins, the this, the that, that, and just growing up in that type of environment, even though I've tried them and, and I'm pretty sure you might've been, you know, tried them as well, knowing that they're not successful. Why do people keep going back to these programs? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is it? Well, what it is is that the industry is billions of dollars a year. So they have no interest in giving people the real truth because healthy people are not profitable. Right. And it's so with the Wild Fit program. So if you can just kind of like walk, walk us through like what. What does that look like? That initial like um, entry way into it. Not that you're joining, but what does it look like as you say, "Oh, there's Wildfit." How would I then, through genuinely Maria, start this process? Okay, so to start the process, I would say go to my website, mm-hmm. and there you can schedule a free consult, and then we'll take it from there. Okay, and so. I've started that I'm like, oh, yes, I want to work with her. This is amazing. Is the psychological part the first component or is it figuring out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the foundation. Yeah, because I think a lot of times that's where things are missed, right? So, for instance, I don't know if I told you, but I had the sleeve surgery, right? And during that process you're supposed to speak with a psychologist. And I thought that I was going to have sessions, right? Because this is a major surgery. And the hope was that not only are they, you know, shrinking or, or, or you know, removing the, 
the, the majority of my stomach, but they're also talking to me about how did I get here? What, what are my tricks? Like what this looks like. And it didn't happen in that way. And what I have found just people I know that have had the surgery, they gain the weight back. So that's unfortunate. Right. It is unfortunate because it's, it's a major surgery and then you're back at square one. And so it's like, what does that reassurance look like in wild fit? If that makes sense, like in terms of longevity, is that talked about in the initial so, like psychological process or no? Yeah. So the the more full out you play in the beginning, mm -hmm. the longer lasting results you have. Mm. So some people are like, yeah, 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 whatever. Just get to the portion right. <laughs> about the what are we eating and stuff. But really, the truth is, they lies there with the psychology. Because otherwise, it just becomes sort of another diet, right? Right. And so do you find that people are resistant in that initial space of, of the psychology part? Are people defensive? Or is, is any of that happening? Or are people generally open? No, I wouldn't say they're so much defensive. But I would say that some people have been so trained by the diet industry. And they're used to trying two diets a year, perhaps. And so they're so programmed to think, in that diet mentality of, oh, let me look at the scale. What does that say? And and that's not where it's at because a number on the scale, it just gives you one measure. Mm. You could be, let's say I weigh 120, right? Mm -hmm. So I look at the scale, look at the scale. It's been a week. It's been two weeks. It's been three weeks. It says 120. I'm not releasing weight. But all of a sudden, my clothes fits differently. Right. And why does that happen? Because you could be releasing weight. You could be gaining muscle mass. You could be gaining bone density. Mm. So that's interesting. People don't talk about the bone. This is okay. So bone density in terms of um, um, creating more of that. What is that by way of just consuming more calcium? Is that you adding more resistance? Uh, exercise to your uh, your regimen. What does that look like in terms of how do you main how do you either maintain or increase bone density? So, bone density. It's eating the right types of calcium. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Okay. And in the program, we don't actually talk about exercise. Even though I love, I would never tell you not to exercise because right. that's actually important. But we give people the minimum reasons to fail during the program. So exercise is not required. Okay. And that's, I think that alone is um, something that kind of like allow people to kind of like breathe. Cause it's like, you're incorporating this new way of eating. Now you have to exercise so many days and it's sometimes going to be overwhelming with everything else you're dealing with on a day to day. So that, and that, and maybe that could be, not that it's reverse psychology or anything, but it could be a thing of where it's like, okay, I have the option as opposed to, I have to do this. I have to do that. And maybe it helps people with maintaining or starting an exercise regimen where they don't feel so much pressure, maybe. Yeah. And you know what? My clients, people that do well, they get to about week eight or nine and they're like, Maria, Maria, I have all this energy. What do I do? <laughs> You actually want to exercise. I love that. And so in terms of exercise, so do do your clients also 
um, ask you about that? Do you provide exercise regimens or is that something that that's separate from wild fit? Um, I don't provide regimens per se, but I'll say hiking is very good. Mm -hmm. Yoga is great. Go to the gym, do some weight training you like. Right. I love it. And, and it's crazy because I, um, I do Peloton and sometimes it's, it's so intense, but I don't know that. And I guess it's also with that, it's like also trying to figure out if that is constantly something I should be doing all the time because it is pretty extensive, right? Like it's a lot of work, the cycling and everything. Um, but I also have this sense of, and maybe some of your clients, I don't know you could uh, speak to this. I have like feelings of like guilt if I don't work out like as heavy or as, as hard as Peloton provides. How, like what has that been something that's been a part of your client's process? And then how, how do you do they, and how do you work through that with them? Not really. But what I will say is that people often feel guilt when they eat things they think they should not be eating. Right. And that, that actually makes you eat more. Right. So throw guilt out the window. Guilt is, it doesn't serve you. And that's, and I think the exercise thing would fall into that. And that's kind of like dime mentality, the way the industry has basically trained us. Right. And it's you saying that in terms of like the feeling of guilt. So with wild fit, what does that look like in terms of th that maybe you're eating some cookies or, you know, <laughs> like, is that something that can be in, like done, but in moderation or it's like, no, uh, uh, that shouldn't be a part of your, your process in terms of your dietary lifestyle. At the end of the day, wild fit is about food freedom, mm -hmm. right? So you basically, at the end of the program, you decide what you're gonna, how you're gonna live wild fit. We guide you through these 90 days where we make certain suggestions. You're free to take those suggestions if you want to learn a little further. English. If you like, <laughs> like optimal results, then it's probably a good thing to follow the suggestions. Right. But then you're free to do whatever, whatever suits you best. Right. So in terms of so everyone has a customized type of program of wild fit, or is it like a, a standard type of um, format that everyone follows? It's a standard program everybody follows. Okay. And but then after wild fit, you live it your way. Basically. Okay. Because we were talking earlier and you were saying like meat can be a part of the wild fit program. So it's not just solely plant-based eating, there can be um, meat sources that are protein as well. Yeah. So what I would say about that is there are different sources of meat. Do you have feedlot meat, which is not good for you? It's not good for the environment. And it's actually pretty horrible for the animals. But if you get a good high quality source of protein, that's actually really, really beneficial to you okay. as a human. Okay. That's so interesting. Um, so you were saying it's it's felom, that's what you called it? No, I call it feed a lot, which feed is the, a lot. Okay. <laughs> Clearly I can't hear. <laughs> 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 
and I can't speak so. No, it's okay. It's okay. We're we're a great pair. I love this. <laughs> so the feed a lot in terms of that. Can you explain that a little bit? Like what what is that? So that's basically the way uh, herd or animals are raised today in huge farms, and they're all stuck together, and it's very inhumane. And the way they get butchered is inhumane, and what they get fed is not the right diet. And and so we are what we eat. We're not just what we eat. We're actually what we eat eats. Mm. So if they're eating junk and they're not healthy, we're not going to be healthy. Right. That And I'm so glad you, you brought that up because I think, um, I, I don't know if you've seen this documentary, but it's called Food, Inc. And, no, but I've heard. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes in that whole process. Not so much about like how, you know, what they eat is basically what we consume as well, but also just talking about we don't know where we're getting our, our food, right? Uh, when I was a kid, we went to the butcher. Like we knew the butcher. Um, or if we went to a grocery store, we knew the butchers there. and We knew where, the, where that meat was coming from. So what does that look like for someone doing the Wild Foot program that is eating meat? Is it best for them to just buy organic or should they try to you know, go that next route and try to find someone like a butcher or, or, or a farm where they could actually get the meat and know what's happening in that with those animals. So basically you do the best you can with what you have. Right. And understand that there are different grades of meat. You could buy grass fed. That's pretty good. The best mm -hmm. is pasture raised. And the very best is if you know somebody who's growing animals and you know what they're getting fed, that's, the best of the best. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's, 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 it's it, it is, it's so, it's just interesting that how we are with food and just everything now it's, it's, it's on demand, right? Like whatever we want, we can have access to it, which takes us back to the whole uh, thing with seasons. Um, our, our clients, are they open to the season component of the um, program? Like in terms of like, okay, I shouldn't consume this at this time. Like what is, is are there hard transitions with that? What does that look like? No, basically people, I find that people that I've led through the program, they pretty much follow the guidelines. And then everybody, you know, people have experiments either by accident or not so bad, and but the thing is, you learn from your experiments, mm -hmm. right? And then you just move on, right? And so, for people like myself who think that they're healthy, would I still benefit from wild fit, right? Like I, I'm plant based, and you know all this. I, I try to eat as much organic food as possible. Would wild fit still be something that I should pursue, even though I'm doing what I'm doing? Yes. Okay. And I guess I'm asking that question in the way of like the benefits of me taking that on would be that I would learn like basically what to eat at the right times or like, what would that be like? You would feel it. You would experience it in your body. Okay. 
Okay. Is there like a component of like intermittent fasting or anything with this or no? No, there's an optional fast, but it, like I said, it's optional. Uh -huh. And it's at the very end of the program. And if you're already intermittent fast because you like it and that's your thing, mm -hmm. we don't discourage that. We think that's actually good, but it's not required. Okay. Yeah, because I know, you know, not not that I was thinking that Wild Fit was, but I know some of the programs they're encouraging, like, okay, you stop eating at this point of the day, right? Like there's no reason for you to eat past seven o'clock, especially if you go to bed at nine o'clock. Like it are are there like is there guidance like that with Wild Fit at all? Or is it you can kind of eat whenever? Well, basically you can kind of eat whenever. Uh -huh. I do tell clients, listen. You create human growth hormone in your sleep, but that only happens if you don't eat three to four hours before bed. So it's your choice whether you're going to eat or not. Right. And human growth hormone is actually fantastic because that's when you get younger, your tissues get prepared, and all these wonderful things happen in your body. But they can't happen when there's insulin being created. So that is, a, this is, First of all, that is gold, what you just said, in terms of not eating after a certain time to allow your body to rejuvenate and like bring back that youthful component component through growth hormone. A lot of people don't even know that when they're going to bed, like some people don't even realize sleep is so important because of all these different things. Like I'm just going to sleep sometime. Like that's, and people just, they don't look beyond that. They're like I'm sleepy. It's a wrap. I'm going to bed. Like, you know, but but not realizing why we need sleep, why we need to, you know, maybe refrain from eating after a certain point. That's so important because I struggle with like eating late and I, I keep contributing to the pandemic because I was in a frenzy at that time. And I'm, I'm watching the news and unfortunately I'm trying to cope with the information that's being shared. So I'm like, Right. And so now I feel like I'm in this habit of not refraining from eating. But like now that that information, what you just shared, that is something that I will definitely take with me because I, I completely didn't even think about that. It's like, yes, I need my body needs a time to rejuvenate on all fronts, not just me lying down to rest. It also needs the internal organs need to just have a chill pill as well because they're constantly yeah. in motion. That Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. So the, there was something. So also Maria with the, um, the journaling process of wild fit, is that something that is like a personal thing or do you, do you all like kind of like go over th those things together? Like, you know, because sometimes people could be journaling about something that's really personal. Is that something that you work through with, with clients? We talk a little bit about everything, but mostly about food. Like, for example, when I went through the program, I kept a food journal. Mm. Just so I could start to see the, what certain foods were affecting and how they were affecting me. Right. right? And I encourage my clients to do the same. But like I said, I'm not going to come to your house <laughs> and be with a wet noodle, you know, it's, oh. you're pretty sure whatever you like, but the more you put into the program, the more you'll get out of it. That's okay. for sure. 
And then it, so it's just the 90 days. Is there any maintenance with the program at all? Or what is, what does that look like? Everybody begins the program. Everybody's at a different place in their health mm -hmm. journey. Some clients, they get it. You're going to get everything you need in the program to continue living well. And some people need a little more handholding. So yeah. yes, some people repeat the program. I also have a community for graduates. So they get ongoing support. That is but you're free to do that or not. That's Right. And I think that, I know like someone like myself, that would be beneficial because I just need that constant like reminder and encouragement that like, okay, this is still a part of your life. Even though I, you know, I've gone through the program, but it's just having that reassurance and knowing that, you know, someone is still in my corner, even when I'm having like rough times, I can still kind of get back on track. Um, so that is, that's amazing. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. Maria, this has yeah. been awesome. This has been so great, but I definitely want you to share with everyone how they can find you. And then also, you know, any other pertinent information before we say goodbye. Okay. So everybody can find me on my website. That would be genuinelymaria.com. So how do you spell that? G-E-N-U-I-N-E-L-Y, Maria.com. And I want to leave you guys with a story. When elephants first began being put in zoos, they were living approximately six to seven years. And the zookeepers, they were okay with that because they were making their money back. So they were fine. But as time went on, they realized that elephants in the wild, they were living 80 to 100 years. So all of a sudden they were like, we're really worried about our elephants now, AKA our pockets. Right. So they began to feed the elephants in captivity, the same diet as the elephants in the wild. And the elephants in captivity began living not quite as long, but almost as long. And so the moral of that story is that we are eating captivity. Wow. And that's why you have the sick care crisis that we have on our hands today. That is amazing. And see, now I'm like, wait a minute, I have to stop. So the, and I don't think we touched on this. So before we end, before we end, I need, so with the wildlife ideology in terms of food, it was the core center of um, African civilization. Is that what it was? Yes, and so it's it's just based around the African civilization. Is there a certain country in Africa that it's it's origins, or just kind of like African Africa as a continent as a whole? No, just basically our ancestors millions of years ago. Because right. the human body, yes, it, there can be um, adaptations, but our bodies take about uh, one million years to require or to make a change. To our, I don't even know what the right word is, to make a change, basically, so that we require, like, it takes a long, you know how the when people talk about superfoods, this, superfoods, that. Right. The thing with superfoods, it can't be a superfood if it hasn't been in our diet for millions of years. Hmm. Okay. 
That makes sense. So I guess in regards to like, um, like the story you were sharing about the elephants, that actually is something that we definitely can keep in mind for ourselves and just knowing that like the foods that we consume, right, aren't something that just came out of nowhere. This is something that has been a part of human existence and we should definitely incorporate that into our our diets on, on, on a, on a regular. So that is, that's amazing. Like that is amazing. Oh, I think we lost Maria. Hold on one second. I think Maria is back. She's back. Hey Maria, that technology is what it is, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I think, I, I don't know what happened. All it's of a sudden, all right. we're done. It is totally fine. And as I was saying, technology just does what it does and we just have yeah. to flow with it, seriously. But I was saying just in terms of, it's interesting how you brought up the elephant story because, and how you correlated it with just like how humans in terms of our evolution, even though we have evolved and learned and, and we're in, in a more advanced state, our bodies and what we need at the core, it hasn't changed. Right, right. That's it, yep. You said it perfectly. And it, it I, and for that alone, like I have like almost chills because it's like, we feel like we're so much more advanced than people before us. And we've done this and we've done that, but it's like, we need to just go back to the basics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It takes our bodies of millions, about a million years to actually change, to evolve into requiring something else. It is. That is amazing to hear and it's actually refreshing to hear at the same time because I feel like sometimes we're doing too much, right? We're trying to do this. We're taking this pill. We're doing this shake. And it's like, before, were people doing it? Like people have been living for long, like years, years, and you know, like, come on. And I mean, clearly something was working and what, I mean, it's great that we can have new innovations, but at the end of the day, our bodies need what they need. And Exactly. You know, so Maria, this was amazing. Like I, yes. I was sharing, I was like, they, you know, sharing your website and, you know, all the information of where they can reach you. But if you want to say anything else before we go, please feel free. I just want to say this has been such a pleasure, Alicia. This is awesome. Thank oh, you. Oh, you are so welcome. I am so just, I, I'm just honored to be here speaking with you. And it's, it's even, it's so, it's just as special as it was the first time we spoke when I was learning your story and like how you have completely transformed your life by way of your eating, right? Um, so this is not only a blessing to me, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a blessing to others as well. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Yes, for sure. Uh, thank you so much again. And thank you all for listening to the Eating Me podcast. We will see you all again next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, as always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode on the Eating Me podcast. I love seeing the ratings and the reviews that you all are sending out. So please continue rating and reviewing the show. If you have not rated or reviewed the show, please take the time to rate and review this show. 
particularly if you love it. If not, don't worry about it. Also, if you have not subscribed yet, take the time to subscribe to the Edomy podcast. These are amazing stories, and we want you to be a part of this wonderful community. I love you. Bye.